Hey everyone, welcome to the Travers Week edition of the Big Monday Show. My name is Charles Simon, I'm the host of the Going in Circles podcasts, and my co-host on the Big Monday Show, Mr. Barry Spears, will be with us in just a minute. Uh, we have a you know interesting show. Wasn't a whole lot of racing action uh, last weekend. Uh, Nest obviously was the big attraction. She dominated and has firmly taken a hold of the three-year-old Phillies division. Um, but there was a couple happenings and a couple interesting things, and uh, we'll talk about this week, uh, the Travers, the undercard, which might be a little bit light. Uh, look through some of the nominations. They're going to draw tomorrow, Tuesday, so if you're listening on Tuesday, uh, they're drawing today. Uh, we should have that out probably early afternoon. Um, if you're listening beyond Tuesday, well, you, uh, you know where to find the PPs. Anyways, thank you for listening, and, uh, we'll be back here in about a minute and a half with the sniper, Mr. Barry Spears. Uh, Mr. Spears. Mr. Simon. Welcome to Travers Week. I'm here for it. That's all I have to say about that. Tis the, the week of the Travers. Yeah, man. Love it. Always. It's always fun. The weatherman has always has already been wrong. Uh-oh. As he predicted 80% chance of rain today. And we got zero rain. Yeah, well, you know how that goes. I mean, South Florida, they're wrong 80% of the time. Yeah, they, uh, they were off today. 20%. One. Um, I don't know, looking, but I, I was up the, there. There wasn't a drop of rain to be found, and it was gorgeous. Well, they're saying it might rain tonight at 3 a.m. Um, well, that a sounds like far- a certainty, not like a might thing, right? I mean, there's 70%, 80% chance. So, I mean, might get a wet morning. A uh, little calling for some thunderstorms on Friday. As of now, Saturday's supposed to be 82 degrees and, and uh, partly cloudy, or if you're a positive type person, partly sunny. Yeah, what's the deal with that? I never understood that. I don't know. So, I don't know. Partly sunny, partly cloudy. I didn't, I never. And partly cloudy is uh, the negative connotation of, of clouds, where partly sunny is giving off the uh, the positive vibe of the sun. Hmm. So we have we've had a big defection. Uh, yesterday was announced. Charge it, who missed a work on Saturday. Uh, they've been dealing with a foot abscess, oh. and he's just not uh, not quite. Not get their final breeze in, and you no, know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of disappointed because I wanted to test my my theory on on that horse being ridden out in that race at Belmont, how he was going to come back off of that effort. Because I I tend to think that's a negative, but that's just me, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I saw the replay of that yesterday, and I was like, wow, he he really got after that horse, and nobody was around. It was just a little strange. It just stood out to me. 
Yeah, a, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a tough task to ask a horse to go from a mile to a mile and a quarter. Um, that that's a quarter mile stretch out is is a long ways. <laughs> but um, he was kind of the X factor in this race, and I think that the X factor has been switched up now to um, Artigas or Art Artig. How do you say Art Artigas? I don't know. The horse who won the curling. And he's a a rapidly improving um, three-year-old. And the the stranger of the group, as uh, a lot of these have raced against each other before, uh, Epicenter, of course, will be the, I'm guessing, what do you think, about a six to five favorite, depending on who actually makes it in the race tomorrow? I think they drove tomorrow. Um, yeah, that, that's, yeah, probably that, that's a good number. So we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, uh, pretty sure tomorrow is the, is the draw. I believe we're going to look at a couple short fields on the undercard. I think there won't be a whole lot of takers against, uh, Jackie's warrior. Um, I don't know how deep the jerkins is going to be. The personal engine is, uh, you know, six max, um, which is, you know, a little depressing. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, when you think about it and all the the good fillies that are out there, you know. Well, it's just that that has kind of been the theme this year and, um, you know, short fields and stake races. uh you know, there was David Aragona put something up about the allowance race that um, many of the horses who could have run the John's Call ran in yesterday and talked about, um, you know, the fact that there was the full field in that race and and the John's Call does not have a full field. Um, that is uh, Wednesday's cold feature uh, there's a steeplechase stakes to start the first um start the card off I'm, I'm i've given up on steeplechase by the way what yeah, i've surrendered but just a luck you know the john's call has six um one's coming out of a jump race um, one is Chatterpaul. One is uh, Greg Sacco shipping in two makers and a Tom Moreland. I mean, I, I, the powers that be just don't get it. Um, a overnight stake with a hundred thirty-five thousand dollar purse that you cannot raise on Lasix is less attractive than a $120,000 overnight race that you can race on Lasix. And I don't care what your opinion of Lasix is. It's, it's immaterial. It's, it's just immaterial. The fact is that trainers believe it matters because, you know, they actually know about things like, you know, horses. Um, so the fact of the matter is that they're going to change. They're, they're going to take that option most of the time. 
the John's call is not a stake that has implications in the breeding shed. It's not a race that people uh, long to win. It's, it's an interesting race. Usually uh, we don't get that many, you know, true distance races in this country, mile five aces, a true distance. But when you, you match it up against that race, it's going to lose <laughs> because trainers don't want their horses to bleed. And there was always this, this ridiculousness of, oh, well, you know, it's a performance enhancer, which is just stupid. I mean, it's just silly. If everyone has the same performance enhancer, it's not really a performance enhancer. You know, if, you, if one guy had it and, and no one else did, that would be yes. different. But if yep. everyone has it, well, the playing field is actually level. So, I mean, we've talked about it before. The, 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 the bigger the outfit, the bigger the stable, the richer the owner, the more um, likely they are to be able to use alternate types of therapies. So the playing field isn't really that level without Lasix. It's the opposite. Um, I know it's hard for some people to believe because they just... Um, you know, they're, they have their, I mean, I, I just, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but they, they have no actual, like, like, understanding of the issue, and, and they believe nonsense, and it's just, it's just, uh, the trainers are, are telling you by their actions what they really believe. Not, 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 not the words, but their actions. Um, and, I, and if the message isn't heated, then I just shrug my shoulders and say, you know, what more do you want? I mean, here it is. Um, right, that's the best example. This, this John's call example is it's textbook <laughs> for what the issue is. There is. It is. It's. I'm not saying it's, it's the only issue. The fact of the matter is that, like I said, uh, the John's call is not race that is a big um, attraction, and, and at, at fifteen thousand dollars more, it just isn't. I mean, that's not enough purse money to make it to make it worth it. It really just isn't. You know, if it was two hundred seventy-five thousand. Versus 120,000, you'd probably see three or four more horses in there. But it goes back to how many stakes do we really need? And John's Cole was a really cool horse. And we yeah, had more was. horses like him. But um, it just is what it is. You know, we, we could go back and talk about all the other issues that we've talked about many times regarding just. Uh, not not just too many stakes because that's too simplistic, but just a, a terrible schedule. There's there's like no real competent or cognizant schedule of of graded races. Each track has their own, but horses these days ship all over the place, and it's just nothing to get on a plane these days. I mean, Grand Motion, who's based in the East Coast, chose to race Spenderella out uh, on the West Coast. I don't know why. Um, but I mean, it worked, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But but that well, the point is that it's it's just not a big deal anymore. 
like shipping out west or shipping somewhere else, it's just not a big deal at all. And uh, that is more reason to, to coordinate these stakes and have the stakes, the national stake schedule be coordinated. At least a, a far more than it's coordinated now. And you're going to have an issue um, always when you have a Jackie's warrior or you have um, a horse who, who's just better than everybody else. And it, these days, people just take chances. And that, that's why the, the, the runner-up, the, the horse of 10 strikes, Marshall Campbell, um, it, was, it was ironic because he was in the race to be second. That was his goal. He, he achieved his goal. He wasn't silly enough to think, oh, I can beat Jackie's Warrior. <laughs> he was in there to be second. And, and, you know, maybe maybe Jackie's Warrior stumbles at the start or loses the jockey or or scratches. And then it's just, you know, then you're in. And, and that's one of the things that I think that you don't get with the super trainers. They don't need that. It doesn't matter to them. You think they care if they're second or third in those races? Yeah. I mean, they, they're not going to cry about it, but they're not going to they're not going to go out of their way to run against those kind of horses. They just don't. And that's, uh, that's, that's the state of the game. So I don't know if you're going to be in against Jack Christopher. <laughs> Uh, I mean, even like looking at Wednesday's card, you know, there's a twenty-five thousand dollar claimer. And it's got six horses in it. Yeah, that that one should be full. <laughs> if things were <clears throat> quote unquote no super, no, no super trainers in there. There's a fifty claimer. It's it's got seven uh, with an entry, so six betting interests. Fifty never won three. Um, th- there's a 32 claimer that's got uh, six betting interests, seven with with, a, with an entry. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, there's a New York Red Maiden race. New York Red Phillies, two-year-olds on the dirt, seven horses. What's the distance? Seven furlongs. Seven. Yeah. Yeah, that should that should. <laughs> that that should overfill. I mean, New York has a big problem, but I'm sure that the, that no one up in the executive office is is cognizant of that. That they're really not that far from from reducing it <laughs> because things are you know on the the outside. It's been a good meet, but uh, a big part of that is the lack of rain. Yes, and there's been hardly any turf races taken off. So the fact that the turf races haven't been um, that full in a lot of cases, including the two-year-old races, has been mitigated by the fact that there's not a bunch of four-horse races because of off the turf. So that that's, that's part of being honest with yourself. And, and that's something it seems like racing, not, not just in New York, uh, every, everywhere. They just seem to be um, unable to come to grips with that. And we're very reactionary. We're going to be 
trying to find answers, but we, we should have already been finding trying to find answers. And, and you're in a spot in New York right now where um, you you need to find the middle class. You need those horses desperately. I mean, how many maiden races can we have with, with the same five or six trainers? It's not it's not a good thing. The, but this is this, you know, we finally saw we we talked about it last week. You know, they're, they're finally admitting that the super trainers are, are an issue. Finally, finally. What took you so long? <laughs> Where you been? It's just math. Well, it's just amazing to me that, you know, this is a business, you know, uh, how they didn't have any kind of foresight into trying to slow these issues down. You know, I, I know COVID was mixed in there and things happen. Um, but you, you figure if you want to keep making money and you want to keep the business going, kind of have to get ahead of things like this and these kind of problems, or at least, at least talk about them at the very least, you know, throw it around, you know, ideas, um, something you can do if, you know, you're in this situation where we're having, you know, entry problems. It just makes no sense to me that, you know, the, the people that actually saw this coming were talking about it, but yet the people that could do anything and the tracks were not yeah i get you want your your public face to be uh one confidence and sure but yeah that's not that's not what we're really talking about we're talking about the actions the internal actions and it's um Literally nothing has been done to stem the tide of the issues that were occurring and, and everyone ignored for 20 years, at least. I mean, the whole condition claiming um, debacle, because that, that's what it's turned into, a debacle, where everyone wants to run in the exact race, which, of course, they, sh- they should be. If you have a, a 7,500 never went three, well, you should want to run in a 75 never won three. Hmm. But they shouldn't have them. There should be 75, 75 never went two, and that's it. No more conditions after that. Everywhere. Everywhere. Figure it, figure it out. If you have a 1,000 horses on your backside, whatever, 1,500, 2,000, whatever it is, they're not that different that you can't find a classification that you could make races go. But the problem is that when you divide up side into a million different sections, you're just, you're, you're creating your own problem. And now you've created a problem where people only want to run one race. They're going to circle a race. I want to run uh Six, six or six and a half furlongs, then a seventy-five never went three, and that's it. That's the only race I'm, I'm good for. So if that race doesn't fill, I don't race, or I, or I go out of town, one or the other. Neither of which helps the track in question. And racing secretary is going to say, "Well, what am I going to do?" Stop right? No. <laughs> right. Stop. 
So well, right? the other guy's gonna ride him. So well, the other guy's not gonna fill. You know, he's only got so many stalls. And I I understand that I'm I'm trying I'm, I'm simplifying things here, but it's a problem because it became a problem because no one thought, hey, what are the repercussions going to be from riding more and more and more and more, and that's that's what that's what's happened. So uh, I'm I'm telling you, go on Equibase. This is you know, one of the few things that's actually good for, and look at the historical charts and take a race from. Belmont or Monmouth or Saratoga um, in 1993. <laughs> Go through a card and, and see how many condition claiming races you, you'll see. Nope, they're all straight straight claimers open. Exactly. Big. I mean, even the racing forms. Like, if you look at the racing forms back then, <laughs> you don't see. You know, any any claiming race was a straight claimer for that amount of money. Nothing more, nothing less. That's it. That's it. But there's uh, there's very little out of the box thinking. Again, we we talked about uh, a couple months ago about the Oakses, the three year old Philly Oakses, the, <laughs> the Grade Three Oakses. Oh, there's four major Grade Three Oakses, and they all run within three weeks of each other, and three of them run within seven days of each other. How does that make any sense? doesn't and, and and toba is the, the the people who assign the grades what do they do about that nothing they don't do anything what, what should they be doing they should be taking no. those those four races and getting those four tracks on a conference call and saying I, I, you know this is if you want to maintain your grades you guys are going to run uh these four races 30 days apart four weeks apart one run in May, one run in June, one run in July, one run in August. And if you guys don't do it, we're going to take all your grades away. Boom. Done. You don't like it, you know, because we have to have our festival. Your festivals are, no one cares. <laughs> Literally, no one cares. I mean, if it's not a big day like Travers Day or Belmont Day or Derby Day or Breeders' Cup Day, or a Florida Derby day, or, or, or a day like that, like these small tracks, I'm sorry. And I know it, it sounds um, elitist, but nobody really cares that much about those other days. Haskell Day is a big day in New Jersey, sure. But that's it. You get more, you get more people there for food trucks. So, In sports betting. And in the end, it would help them anyways. They would get better fields. They would get better fields. Well, I think that might be the the part that, for whatever reason, they have a hard time seeing the the bigger picture and how it benefits them in the long term rather than the short term. And I guess there's nobody in the room that can explain this to them. So we get what we get. Philosophically, racing is doomed because the tracks see the other tracks as competition. And that's not how it works in any other, you know, sporting venture. Yeah, the Yankees and the Red Sox are competition, right? They play each other. But the real competition is is all other entertainment activities outside of baseball 
there's revenue sharing, there's all kinds of things that are done uh, as a whole. There's a draft, there's people can't just sign whoever they want. They can't just play games whenever they want. The marketing's all all done, uh, you know, league wide. Well, you know, for what marketing they have, but that's the thing is is that the tracks should be trying to work together. And, and are they in competition for the gambling dollars? Sure, but they'd be better off if if um, if everyone did better. And as it is. This is just going to be a continuous slow death. One after another after another. And all the Fox Sports and all the the, uh, the, the purse money in, in Kentucky and all that stuff. It, it's going to be a moot point if there's no tracks open. And you, the racing won't survive with five tracks. The, it, the infrastructure will, will collapse. There's not enough horses. Who's going to breed the horses? The market's going to fall apart. It's not something that can be done, um, you know, individually. You're not going to have two uh, a guy breeding two horses a year. <laughs> People breed the horses to sell them nowadays. If that becomes the, the that market starts to slump, I'm not talking about the top high end of the market. Because there's an international element that that'll always be uh, available for the top end, but everyone else, believe me, even the people who, who aren't breeding to Curlin or, or Gunrunner, they're they're still trying to breed commercially viable horses. There's just not that many people breeding to own; they're breeding to sell. The fewer tracks they're they're you run the fewer owners you have the fewer customers they have the fewer markets they have to sell to it's just gonna it's gonna have the same effect i mean that lady who wrote did that that economist who did that thing for the jockey club who says that breeding follows betting which is like no like 180 degrees backwards but (laughs) um it, it's just it's just the way it is. The smaller the, you shrink it, the, the closer to death you get. Not, not, not viability or success, death. You can't run the American League with four teams. It's not going to happen. It's not gonna, it, it, people get sick of it. They get bored. Same teams play again and again and again and again and again. No one wants to hear it. It's, a, it's like listening to the same song. Again and again and again. A lot of times it comes out, wow, it's a catchy tune. You don't know, listen to that. Well, if you after you play it 487 times, you're sick of it. Same thing. Unless it's Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa's, you know. <laughs> he can do what she wants. She's the she's the greatest. Um, but it's um and I don't like to be negative when, when we're talking about the Travers, you know, and we're talking about being at Saratoga because this is the ignore most positive it. racing place that there is, really. Yeah. So, so you know, you can't ignore the underlying it. elements are there. Right, they're there. The underlying elements are there. Mm-hmm. Like the first race every day this week almost was like, ugh. I didn't even make a comment on the blog. I just put the face of... of, of uh, 
obscurity, you know, like, oh. I am done with steeplechases, though. No more. No more. Steeplechases are fun. They're only fun if you win. And the whole Clancy clan will come and get you. Can't be saying uh, that. I mean, I'll, I'll still talk about them, but um, <laughs> I was I watched the 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 jump jockeys walking through the the clubhouse the other day after the race. They look like <laughs> normal dudes. <laughs> like normal like, guys. <laughs> one guy looked like the Yao Ming of jockeys. He was about <laughs> six foot eleven. <laughs> he must not have eaten since like June. <laughs> this is Chet Holmgren. He was, I swear, it looked like Chet Holmgren's, like it's like his cousin. Guy's about six five, one one forty two. The jumper people, though. <laughs> you know, they they're used to running in those uh, those those meets out in like fields and stuff. Nowhere on the middle. Yeah. Of- they look like a battlefield from the Civil War. They're running races over jumps around it. Now they're at the track. Like, oh, look at this. So great. <laughs> um, anyways, so how was, uh, what did you think of, um, of the races this past weekend? Anything stick out in your mind? Yes. Ness yeah. is the best. Ness is the best right now. She put a hurting on him. Yes. So she just kind of left him there. You know, for a split second, she kind of drifted out. And right. It course, looked like uh, Secret Oath was getting to her. and then Right, right. It looked like she was off. making a run. I said, oh, they might hook up here. And then it was over. <laughs> I read, stepped on the gas, and uh, he it's didn't just... even have to... He, he didn't even have to interfere with anybody. No, he was so far ahead of everybody else. But it's just so crazy because Secret Oath has been running winning races. Yeah, that, that is true. I mean, Second. Oath is... Oh, uh, Oath. Um, Nesta's really good. I mean, she's really sure. good. And Secret Oath is unfortunate that she's, you know... She's caught the same year because uh, otherwise she would have she would have quite a record. I mean, think about that. If if there was no oath, I mean, <laughs> come on, Chuck. no oath. What oath? I'm taking an oath, a secret oath. Huh? Uh, if there was no nest, secret oath would have won uh, all the Arkansas races, Every, all the other races. <laughs> she won the Kentucky Oak. She would have won the. Um, coaching club she would have won the uh, the Alabama <laughs> and everybody would be talking about hers you know great Philly but uh, but Nest is really good and it's kind of weird that um, and, and another sign of the times that there's no more mile and a quarter races really for any Phillies let alone three-year-old Phillies and uh, I mean the only mile and a quarter races that it exist period uh i think are the jockey club gold cup and and the uh 
the Breeders' Cup Classic, and there's no there's no other mile quarter races, right? There's nothing else. No, nothing. So, which is you know tough when you have a filly like Nest who really, um, you know, has, has zero problems with the distance. Yeah, it's like the you know the same dilemma. Happy Saver is in kind of. You know, yeah. he, he really is a mile and a quarter horse, and just they don't write races <laughs> for it. I'm guessing he's he's running in the uh, the Jockey Club Gold Cup next week. Yeah, and uh, I think that the, the Pletcher contingent is going to be strong in there. I think there's going to be a bunch of them. So, uh, Art Collector, I believe, is supposed to go in there. So, yeah. it looks like Man, it might be a, yeah. Looks like it's going to be a pretty good race. Um, that's September 3rd. Yeah, the American Revolution, since he scratched from the Whitney. Um, Dynamic One oh. will be in there. Uh, First Captain is, is scheduled to go in there. Happy Saver. I don't know about Hot Rod Charlie. I, I believe I, I read he might. Um Cash check. I, I wouldn't be shocked if, if Uriah informative keep me in mind. Um he'll oh, be yeah. in there. Uh I don't know about Olympiad. Mm. And um that's probably it. it. Interestingly enough, Western River is nominated for that. Uh the only three year old that's, that's nominated. The jockey club is a three and up. Um the Whitney's not. The Whitney's a four and up. So, just kind of thought that was weird. Uh, yeah, the Allen Jerkins only had 13 nominations. Um, only? Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's going to be in there. That's the Mike Tomlinson's horse. He's, he's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, and actually setting up to be a decent enough race, just not going to be a big field. I don't know what if, if Todd, I'm, I'm assuming that Witt's not going to go. I mean, he ran really well on the turf, so uh, maybe St. Tappet. He was a it was a nice allowance winner mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. Uh, there's a horse named Witty that's um, Elizabeth Merriman owns and McLean Hendricks is down as the trainer. I don't know really that much about that horse. Uh, Jack Christopher, obviously howling timing. Romans might take a shot. Uh, the punching bag, happy Jack. You never know. You <laughs> go up there. Uh, he worked good, supposedly in Kentucky the other day. I'm guessing. Be- uh, yeah, it should be okay. That's, that's so, okay. I mean, accredited. Uh, I'm guessing it. Run that horse held off in the uh, uh, in the Amsterdam. So I mean, yep. the, the the Chad Brown uh, will have two in there. So you know, so it'll be it'll be it'll be okay. The uh, the Sword Dancer. I mean, let's face it: U.S. turf horses are not very good. <laughs> It's the same old names. I mean, the same old names. At older. <laughs> Channel Maker. Channel who's Maker. Like, he's like 15. 
uh, Gufo, uh, Mira Missions nominated. I don't know if he's going to run here or he's going to run in Kentucky uh, Downs. Um, and the Makers got a couple. Rock Emperor, uh, Soldier Rising, Chris Clement, and Trabuvan. Tribu- and Nam, so. And Chad, 39 Noms and Chad Brown's got four. Uh, Aiden O'Brien has a broom. Didn't he win the broom. race uh, last year up in Canada? Yes, I believe. Yeah. So he is He's nominated. I don't know if he's coming or not. I guess we'll find out. Um, the Balsam Spa, grade two, mile 16th in the turf. It's got 15 Noms. Uh, Crystal Cliff ran yesterday, so I'm guessing she won't be there. Um, in Italian, I mean, this Walking. is another case where you, Chad Brown's got of the 15, has one, two, three, four, five, six, six of the 15. Shug has two. Um, high opinion will be in there, I would assume. Um, our flash drive technical analysis. So, again, I mean, these are when you when the noms have fifteen and one guy's got six, it just doesn't give you that big of a shot. Yeah, of, of getting uh, a big field. Uh, there's fourteen nominated to the forego. Um, of the fourteen, Chad Brown's got three. Highly Motivated, who ran the other day at Monmouth, won't run. Pipeline, who's going to get piped if he runs sound <laughs> money. I don't know so much him. Uh, Handles got two, three two zones. Three two lengths. War Toskin, Uriah. I don't think that horse has won in like three years. Uh, Willie Boy. Oh. Willie Boy, that? Mind Control. Oh, Willie Boy. Uh, knee deep in snow, who's probably going to try to hit the board again. Drag, who's probably going to opt somewhere else. Cody's wish and Baby Yoda. So, <laughs> Baby Yoda. You know, maybe maybe we'll get seven in there. Guys chasing, you know, the purse. I didn't know the um, the purse lens and only has eleven nominated. Uh, of the 11, Ivante ran the other day, Exotic West ran the other day, um, She Dares the Devil ran at Del Mar, what, like two weeks ago? Yeah. Bonnie South ran the other day, Army Wife ran the other day. <laughs> so, um, I think we're down to like seven or six that haven't run within a week. So, I don't know who Battle Bling. Uh, I, I don't know if they're really going to run her. I mean, you got Clarier, probably crazy beautiful, Latrushka, Malathat, and search results, which is actually a good race. That's actually good, yeah. It's, it's just uh, not big. Field. Here's the question: Is is, is who makes uh, search result going to press the pace of Latrushka again or not? Because I mean, Latrushka ran terrible. Last time out at Belmont on, on on Belmont Day, but um, if she gets an easy lead, she's going to be really hard she's to beat. Going. 
Yeah. So can't let her get a lead. So anyways, the uh Lake Placid was the rare case of Louis Sayas being a downgrade in jockey. <laughs> that was um it was, it just wasn't a it just wasn't the type of race that I, I prefer to wager on. <laughs> one that's, trainer, that's a really one trainer's when, when there's horses and one trainer's giving instructions to four of them. Um, and then uh, the Appleby Philly broke slow, and then it was kind of like that'd be it. That'll be it. You know, you, you let the horse walk the dog, and there you go. So it was an eventful week. Yeah, it certainly was. There's a lot going on, on and off the track. A little, uh, Drug trafficking bus. <laughs> <laughs> Not the kind of drugs you usually associate with the backside. Those guys had in excess of of two hundred grams. Which is a lot of that's a, that's a lot of, that's like a Miami Vice like uh number. They're paying these groups much. They've become drug kingpins. Everybody says they're not paying him enough. Freaking El Chapel's running the backside. <laughs> then there's the other thing. The other thing. <laughs> With the guy in the place. Oh, man. <laughs> it's not really a laughing matter, but it, it's just... Uh... <sighs> How do you put it? Uh, it's almost like bizarre world. Yeah. It was, de- <laughs> it, it, it was definitely not a normal Thursday. And... Yeah, it must have been really kind of awkward. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was weird. It was just weird. It was. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and make a speech. But, um... It kind of... I wrote about... In the blog about... Someone that texted me and saying, you know, racing shot itself in the foot. And it's just not really so. It has really nothing to do with racing. Just because there was racing... You know, people who are employed in the racing business... Uh, are involved, but these kind of issues are not um, racing isn't immune to them, put it that way. Racing isn't immune to um, people who work on the backside deciding to become uh, drug traffickers. Racing isn't immune to people driving while intoxicated or uh, any issue that affects humans. Um, We 
rarely talk about it on the show because, I mean, it's kind of a conscious decision that we've made, but uh, there's plenty of racism that goes on on the backside. Uh, though probably less than than uh, the regular, the real world. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. The back Backs, work the front so side is different. And, and you're, 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 you're so like, desperate for people to work to, and, and, and everyone works so much um, you know you become zombies that uh, it, it's a lot uh, it, it's a lot more difficult to uh, express your racism when you need the people but um, you know certainly sexism certainly every kind of isms that there is racing is not immune to it but what happened on Thursday was not a racing issue that's not a racing issue at all um, it does kind of cast a light on making certain people into deities and into uh, too big to fails because people make mistakes and people do bad things. And it doesn't matter what your, your job title is or how successful you are. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it happens all across the the, the spectrum and you know that's that's the one thing that we have to remember and there's a lot of hand-wringing goes on in horse racing about who should we be featuring <laughs> and for feature the stakes races the big name races feature the race not just the individual horses because they just don't last anymore but feature the fact that this is a, a, a gambling sport. This is a betting sport. This is what this whole thing is based on. And it doesn't matter if Chad Brown is in racing. It doesn't matter if he's in racing. If he were to leave racing, it wouldn't really matter. It wouldn't really bother. I mean, it wouldn't affect racing as a whole. Just as, as we saw that Bob Baffert being out for 90 days, it didn't really affect racing at all. Maybe it affected uh, the lives of some people out in California. Some trainers that, that, you know, kind of filled in. But as a whole, what really changed? Not much. Nothing. And that's the point that, that I think gets lost on a lot of of people in this business who who, who kind of get get caught up in hero worship <clears throat> and that there's nobody in this business that's bigger than the game nobody we don't have a lebron james we don't we don't have a michael jordan yeah but we even don't, we don't have a time we don't have a tom brady we don't have anyone like that trainers are, are coaches trainers aren't athletes <laughs> i mean if you saw the the, the jockeys versus trainers basketball game, you, you would be assured <laughs> the trainers are not athletes after that beat down to a bunch of midgets. But it's the danger in, in, in putting people on pedestals that they'll let you down. And this world isn't like the world of 1985. <laughs> in 1985, if that same thing had happened, whoever the hell was leading trainer that year, Wayne Lucas, and that had happened, and Wayne Lucas had got arrested, everybody in Saratoga would have known, and the word would have got out. 
I bet you, well, there was no internet to put videos of, of Wayne Lucas and handcuffs. So back then, he probably would have been wearing a suit because I think he. <laughs> but, but that's the thing is, is that this is the thing in building people up because they can let you down. Invariably, they will. Look at the look at the Pat Valenzuela saga. Huh. Now talk just about <laughs> talk about great riders. Go back in the eighties and nobody was better than Valenzuela. If he if he was on the lead at the top of the stretch, you were not winning. But, you know, DeSormo's a has-been at this point, right? He's not a star rider. He's not a big name anymore. So his his stuff kind of went on went under the radar. All of his stuff. His men. Um, run-ins with, with the law and the, the racing commission. Was... But, um... You know, the game is, is, is the attraction. The game. The sport. Rosario didn't ride the last couple of days. Guess what? Saratoga <laughs> didn't close down. We went to trivia night time. Yeah. You guys yeah, at the Racing Hall of Fame, Museum and Hall of Fame. Tom Durkin was the MC, and we did all right, but it caught up on a couple of tough questions. <laughs> like this is a question: Where is the Woodlawn vase located when it's not being given out for winning the Preakness? <laughs> Yeah, the, I I I guess probably about two or three places, like you know, City Hall in Baltimore. It's not a bad guess. <laughs> you know, I I figured it'd be in like a government office or some kind. It's not not far. You're not far off it, but it, 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 the answer was the uh, Museum of Art. Oh, I wasn't aware that Baltimore had a Museum of Art. But Man. now I not only know that, I know that... You never Woodlawn, forget it. The Woodlawn Vase. Racing's richest trophy. Or most valuable trophy or something. Yeah. It's a tough yeah, question. It got, it got thrown off. That that, that was... that was. Did anybody know that? Uh, no. Some, oh, I, was gonna I, say. I, don't believe, I don't believe so. Somebody um, knew that. They, they're, they're fanatic. Yeah. My dad kind of screwed up on one. <gasps> Where was Kelso's first this race? This is game seven, man. Kelso's first race was held at what track? Mm, I don't know. My my instincts say Belmont, but I know that's not right. That is not correct. The correct answer is Atlantic City Racecourse. <laughs> we guessed Bowie. So oh, we we weren't far off geography-wise, but uh, 
It was on the defunct track list, but we, we did not get that one. Right, not the right one. No. But um yeah, it was it's always it's a fun little thing. That is cool. Yeah, they had no post drag, so we were late. Oh they, 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 last year they post dragged and didn't get started until like six forty five. <laughs> this year it started post time. Right on right on, on cue. We we're a little bit late, but but no, if you if you ever get to Saratoga, I mean, the museum and the Hall of Fame is it's a pretty cool place. It really is. So it's, it's well done. It's not that big, but it uh, it's well done. No, but no, I you know I never went to the Football Hall of Fame. Me neither. Can't been the. Been the baseball, been the, been the uh, basketball Hall of Fame. I, 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 actually, <laughs> I went to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Really? On yeah. purpose? Like... I, I ran a horse in Woodbine way back when, and I, I had an afternoon to kill, and uh, um, I went to the Hockey Hall of Fame. It was kind of cool, actually, in, in Toronto. Sure it is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big hockey guy. So like a lot of the guys I didn't know, but um, it was it was it was not not bad. But to know but the whole the whole theme is uh, the museums. It's it's a cool place. Uh, Pat Cummings wrote something that I had sent to you. Oh yeah, and it's something that I, I actually kind of embarrassed that I didn't know. <laughs> um, in New York at Naira. Uh, and I guess the Finger Lakes too. I, I I'm assuming that the Finger Lakes has a state steward, and probably two track stewards. I don't think the Jockey Club has a steward at Finger Lakes. I could be wrong, but I, I don't think so. But um, the rule is uh, forty twenty two. Point one two power to exclude suspend. And it essentially says that only the state steward can give uh, suspensions and fines. That the three, you know, the other stewards um, are involved when there's inquiries or objections. But the suspension of, of jockeys is only, uh, I, I guess, other people as well. Uh, anyone who's licensed is only the purview of the state steward, which is a real issue because that that's that that power should not be held by one person. We have yeah. stewards. We have a panel of stewards, and. You know, we get on the stewards a lot, and you know, most of the time they deserve it because, in a lot of ways, um, they're just you know the decisions that they make on a weekly basis are just I mean, tough to understand. But um, that's kind of a really, really bad setup, and and I'm surprised that I had never heard this before. And I mean, honestly, I've never been fined or suspended by the New York stewards. But um, 
but that's really a bad rule. I mean, that that's that's a real weakness in the New York State racing rules. Um, and as such, that that should be changed. In harness, the harness in New York, I believe the judges all work for the state. And I might be wrong about that, but I, I believe that's how it was way back. And this, because harness race rounds at a lot of locations, this, the judges who were the stewards of harness uh, were, were required to move around. They weren't set in one location. Right, in one place, yeah. So they did shifts at, at all the different tracks. And there was a lot of harness tracks. There's still a lot of harness tracks. Batavia, Vernon. Downs, Buffalo Raceway, Tioga, Saratoga, Monticello, Yonkers. So there's there's a lot of different uh, different harness tracks. There's only two circuits, but but that really is 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 a terrible terrible rule. Um, basically, giving dictator dictatorial power dictatorial powers to to one person. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean, the I, I don't know what happened with the um, the clocker issue. Remember the clocker oh, yeah. changed the, the work, even though he didn't really change the work, just changed right. the distance of the same work. He just gave the five-eighths time instead of the half-mile time. It was the same exact work, and nothing changed, just the, the distance listed, and no one really cared about that, but the state steward who decided to find him thirty, uh, fine him five thousand dollars, and uh, give him a thirty day suspension, which, I mean, is like so far beyond That's harsh. He should, have, he, should, he should have a no no day suspension. If you want to do anything, you find him a hundred bucks and say, hey, you know, next time, <laughs> right? Like like ask permission or something. But the rule wasn't a very good one, and he was asked to enforce the rule that is why would he it's not his rule he's, he's not the steward times are changed all the time it's not a set in stone rule if there's a mistake made it's changed sometimes they, they the, the, the clockers get the horses mixed up you know clocking horses is not easy very it's difficult Oh, very difficult. They don't all have names on their, their saddle tells to say who they are or what distance they're going or when they're going or anything. And it gets dark and there's weather and there's rain and there's sun and there's 19 horses breaking off at the same time. It's a difficult job. But that was crazy. That was wrong. That was stupid. That was idiotic. That was, you know, to me, a, a, a an abuse of power, perhaps personally. But the fact that Heisa did not take over this part of the game is it's um, it's almost unthinkable. There, there was an issue. Someone who purportedly is a is a fan of the game somehow. Uh, believes that putting up every time a horse breaks down, putting their name and their trainer on the internet is like uh, you know a smart thing to do. And I, I'm not going to argue with you if you tell me that that's news and 
It can be reported. It, it certainly is. But my question is why? Unless it's a, uh, a famous horse or horse that you believe has, has been mistreated in some way, shape, or form. What is the positive of, of doing that if you're a fan of racing? Like, <laughs> why? What, what, what's the point? What's the point? I, I don't get that. That's, to me, it's, it's crazy. Anyways, um, Jimmy Ferraro had a horse in the third race yesterday, pull up bad, finished third. And, uh, it was Vandoff. And the New York State Racing Commission, uh, or whatever, their database lists this horse as dead. The problem is the horse is not dead. The horse is very much alive. Yet the database is dead. And then you start to wonder, how many other horses maybe didn't um, uh, didn't return to racing or were sent out to a farm or or whatever. How many of them that were vanned off are, are listed as dead on that database? How many are, are actually aren't dead? <laughs> One of the things that I've said for a long, long time is everybody wants more data, more information, more data, more information, more data, more information. If the data is not accurate, it's almost worse than not having it. And that was one of the things that, that, when people say, well, we should have we should have access to all the vet records. A, no, you shouldn't, because it's, just, it's a waste of time. 99% of it's a waste of time. Believe me, the guys that you think are cheating, they're not putting that on the vet report. <laughs> right, it's not the smoking gun. Right, right. Like if a guy breaks into, you know, robs banks, is he going to put in the calendar? Yeah, you know, first national Thursday, and then next <laughs> Tuesday we're going to hit TD, and then, you know. I mean, it's it's there's nothing there that's that's going to be of value. It just isn't. And believe me, I know what the stuff is and what it does and why it's given. And I'm telling you, it's just not going to be of, of value. And it's a monumental task to try to accurately um, collect and. and and put that data in a useful form. And you have to remember that mistakes are made a lot. They have a listed on a New York State equine injury database as being dead who's not. And it's the only time that ever happened. Come yeah, on. right. <laughs> Come on. If you like horse racing, putting up things about horses dying, you know, it just, I mean, I'll say it, you're a bad person. If you're, if you're an enemy of horse racing, well, I get it. You're trying to put it in any, any poor light that you could possibly put it in. But horses are always going to die. And guess what? People are going to die too. You're basically the equine version of those people that used to go to the military funerals and protest. Mm. That's you. That's you if you're putting that stuff up there. 
Don't give me this bullshit. Oh, well, I'm just trying to make things better. Blah, blah, blah. You're not. You're not making anything better. You're just trying to get clicks. And that's that. Because Stone Cold said so. Well, it's, just, it's just stupid. It is. It, it really is. I, I, I agree with every point you made about it because it, it's just... I don't know, those, those kind of people make me uneasy sometimes when when I talk to them online. Because, like, they they say they're for horse racing, they want to promote horse racing, but then they do contradictory things like that. And it makes you wonder, like, are you really, or are you just saying that, or you don't really know? Because I don't Listen, know. People are free to do it. Sure. But that doesn't mean we can't call you an asshole. <laughs> Facts, and I'll you know me. I'll call it to your face. I'll say it right to your face. It just doesn't need to be done. If a horse breaks, I'll see it. Okay, you saw it. Do we need to put the video up? Right? Do we need to do this? Like, there's accidents on the track, and and should they show it? Yeah, they probably should show it in the replay for the people on track. I mean, it makes no sense to not show it on track, but show it on national TV. Kind of, I'm, 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 I struggle with that, <laughs> especially if it's if if there's inquiry. Transparency isn't exactly our strength in this game, <laughs> you know. But it it just doesn't need to be to be done, and it doesn't need to be the focus. And remember that that. Yeah, there's some bad people in this business that don't care about their horses, but most people do. Most people are good. Most people are are, are not animal abusers. Most people aren't. aren't uh, we don't care about our horses. Are there some? Absolutely, but those are bad people in general, right? <laughs> you know, people in general. Horse racing is not immune to them. But man, nobody feels worse than than the connections when the horse breaks down. No one. No one. The groom that sees the horse every day, the rider that gets on the horse every day, the hot walker that walks the horse every day, the trainer that has to second guess himself and think, well, geez, what did I miss? Have horses been put in positions that they shouldn't have been? Yeah, for sure. Has that been improved? It has. It has been. I'm not going to stand here and say it's not. It has been. Things have, have been uh, fewer uh, horses that shouldn't be on the track be going out there. And and the, the voided claiming rule, though it, it seems like it's it's in need of a little tweak as well. Um, because I don't feel if your horse is, uh, is, is claimed and the claim is voided that you should be racing him back. Two weeks later, that doesn't seem to make any sense. If the horse was bad enough for the claim to be voided and he's not transferred, then why are you able to run him back as soon as you get him onto that list? <laughs> Should be a, a cool down period, 30, 45 days, whatever. But still, the, the, the voided claiming rule is a deterrent. Guys can't just dump horses in to dump them. 
Believe me, that that happened a lot. I I, I heard it once. I heard it a million times. Here's the, the, the you want the quote off the books. That's what they wanted. They were trying to lose the horse. They didn't give a shit what happened to him afterwards. How many people are like that? Not that many. Are there? Yes. But you can't condemn everyone because of the actions of a few. It goes back to what we talked about earlier. Yes. Anyways. <laughs> so what else? What else, my friend? Um Are you missing Saratoga? Yes. I almost was persuaded to go back this weekend. <laughs> almost. Almost. Almost got to almost like literally a text away from being like, Yep, couldn't pull the trigger, couldn't do it. Well, it happens, it does. So you excited for uh, for the Travers race? At least the race, anyway. Sounds like the undercard might be a little shaky. Um, I, I think it's going to be an interesting race. Mm. I don't exactly know, like from a wagering standpoint, like how. I don't have strong feelings other than (laughs) other than Rich Strike. (laughs) Um, Epicenter? Maybe it's me, but it feels like the the luster has kind of been lost in in the three-year-old division. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel you. I mean, think about it. Uh, I mean, Zandon's race was just okay. In the Derby, he ran well, but he doesn't appear to be a star. Right, he is what he is. Early voting, you know, he's won the Preakness, but he hasn't really won much else other than the Aqueduct race. Mo Donegal looked good in the Belmont, and, you know, he's he's gone for now. Uh, Jack Christopher showed that he actually is just a sprinter. Um, You know, like... I mean, Rich Strike hasn't done, you know, do much for Derby. He didn't do nothing after it. So you get to start and look through the division and you're, uh, you know, it, it, it's just not, um, you know, Cyberknife is all right. Notorious looks like he might be an interesting type of horse. Yeah. Um, you know, a little. Late developing horse for a guy that doesn't like to run horses. Um, I mean, really, who else is there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about it. I mean, that you know, people were trying to talk about 
how epic this this trio division was, but mm, I it's 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 mm. not looking epic anymore. <laughs> the epicness is gone. The three year old turf horses are just okay too. Phillies, three year old Phillies are really good. Yeah, two of them. Two of them really are, that's for sure. Oh, we didn't talk about our, our, our rankings. No, we did we put, not. We put, our, we, put, we put the rankings out last uh, Tuesday. Oh, that's right, yeah. The day after. And things have changed already. <laughs> uh, it's they're, They've already changed a little bit. Uh, certainly in the sprint division, nothing has really changed. And in, in our sprint division, our panel, our, our blue ribbon panel of racing experts, all of which actually wager on races, which is unlike some of the other panels that are out there. Uh, seems to me that people who bet on races have a little bit better grasp of what's going on. Stronger. Because, <laughs> yeah, because they're actually paying attention. Um, Jackie's Warrior, of course, was uh, was not unanimous. Yeah. I, I, that, that was a surprise to me because we didn't give out any parameters other than to say that uh, the ranking should be on current year accomplishment, sort of like college basketball polls um where you know this year's you have the initial ranking and then this year's uh, uh record is, is is how you move up or down but four people voted for flight line is the sprint uh leader of sprint division to me which is interesting because he hasn't run in no sprints <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, um no that's but uh, Jackie's Warrior was listed first on nine of those. Uh, it was, I, I thought Life is Good was going to be the solid second choice, but he was, he was actually beat a point by Jack Christopher. Um, mm-hmm. The point, the point system was 12 points for the winner or first, eight points for second, six for third, four, three, two, one for the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. We did the top seven. Really, most of these divisions, after you get past seven, it's it's a crapshoot. Um, but Jack Christopher uh, beat him out. Uh, Life is Good was not listed on, on a few um, ballots, and Flightline as well was not listed on, on quite a few ballots. Uh, Speaker's hmm. Corner uh, was fifth. American Theorem, who's been, I think he's won the last two greatest stakes for older horses in California. And number seven is Golden Pal. Uh, the Phillies, CeCe, was a narrow winner over obligatory. CeCe actually won that on, uh, uh, she was named uh, first on seven ballots. Obligatory was named first on three. Just on time was named first on one. Kimari was first on one. And uh, Marineth was, uh, interestingly, <laughs> first on one. Um. Obligatory was kind of interesting because uh, she was second and she was listed on every single bat. Some, most of those Phillies weren't. Uh, but she had three first place votes. Someone voted her seventh. <laughs> so it was kind of a wide range. The turf divisions, which have been kind of a mess, um, seem to still be a mess in, in our vote. 
we <laughs> had a tie at the at the top, and Santon and Count again tied it at first with eighty two points. Santon had four first place votes. Count again had two. At Hamo, uh, coming off his UN win, had three. Yabir had three, though he hasn't won any of this year. Casa Creed got one. Uh, Trabuven and, and Smooth Like Straight were the round out the seven. Uh, it was interesting that uh, Casa Creed, we had 13 voters. Casa Creed received at least one vote in all seven positions. So seven different people <laughs> had, had him in, in a different spot. Um, the Phillies w- was a little bit more clear cut. Regal Glory uh, nipped Warlike Goddess. Regal Glory had seven first place votes. Warlike Goddess had five. Um, the final tally was 124 to 118. So uh, <laughs> that's yeah, interesting. That was very, very close. Bleecker Street was a distant third. Uh, she had one first place vote. In Italian was fourth. Global, going global uh, was fifth. Technical analysis. And Spenderella was seventh, even though it was for older Phillies. Uh, she still earned enough of, uh, <laughs> of points <laughs> as a three-year-old. We wasn't eligible, but we, we left it because uh, why not? Um, and, I mean, she did nothing to... Uh, <laughs> dispute that seventh place. Right, right. She might she might actually move up the the ranking of older Phillies despite not being an older Philly. Uh the three old divisions were very clear cut. Uh of everything they were most clear cut with uh Epicenter getting twelve out of the thirteen O'Donagal getting the other four, other first place vote. Cyberknife with a clear second. Uh, Modonagal was three points better than Zandon, who was fourth. Charge it was fifth. Taiba was sixth. And Jack Christopher was seventh. <laughs> In the Phillies division, uh, and remember, this was before the Alabama, Nest received all 13 first place votes. Secret Oath received all seconds, right? <laughs> most, yeah, I, I believe she, she had almost all the seconds. Uh, she had 12 of the 13 seconds. I think someone put her third. <laughs> um, and Matarea was third. Echo Zulu was fourth. Gerrymander was fifth. She'll probably be dropping. Uh, Kathleen O, who's kind of fallen off the face of the earth, was sixth. And Interstate Daydream uh, was, was ranked number seven. Uh, Rich Strike received one seventh place vote from the 13 panelists. The Older Horse Division... Uh, was very, very clear-cut in the Phillies aside. Clarier got all 13 first-place votes. She was a perfect score, 156. Malathat was second, a clear second. She was uh, had 91. Latrushka nipped Cece. Latrushka had 50. Cece had 48. Search results was fifth. She Dares the Devil was sixth. And Blue Stripe was seventh. Um, for the boys... It was Flightline, who got nine first place votes, 138 points. Life is Good was not that close. He received three um, first place votes, and it was at 114 points. Jackie's Warrior got a first place vote. It was 56. Olympiad was fourth. Country Grammar was fifth. Hot Rod Charlie was sixth. Saber was seventh. Um 
Royal Ship and Express missed seventh. So the the difference between uh, uh, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth were were a matter of one point here, one point there. So so there we have it. Um, we're going to do this again uh, mid September, probably after the Kentucky Downs meet, so okay. that we can get the get those Perfect. turf ravens out of the way and uh, before the last round of Breeders' Cup press. Um, we had 14 voters. One person, unfortunately, had some issues, uh, family issues they had to deal with, so they couldn't vote on our silly poll. But, um, yeah, well, everyone on our poll is someone that uh, it's not afraid to, to put a, a, to make a wager to support their, uh, their opinion. So if you think you should be a voter, send us a email at going in circles podcast at Gmail and tell us why you think <laughs> you are qualified to be a voter on this illustrious panel. Fiction and nonfiction stories are welcome. Yeah. We just, just, you know, give me a, give me your racing resume. We, you never know. We might, we might, we might bring you in a fold, but we're going to do this uh, every month till post breeders cup. We're going to do it mid September, mid October. And then uh, post breeders cup, uh, breeders cup, I think is on the 5th of November this year. Yes. Fourth and fifth or fifth and sixth. So we'll do it a week after that. And uh, we'll probably do something for the triple crown the Phillies and the, you know, the, the Oaks rankings and, and, and Derby rankings figure that mid, uh, mid January, maybe we'll add a couple names to the poll since that's a, just a, a, a one, uh, well, two divisions. We can do a little more and my, my spreadsheet won't be 4,000 <laughs> squares, but uh, yeah, we thought it was interesting. It got a lot of, a lot of hits, not a lot of comments. I was surprised that there weren't more comments on that, but uh, a lot of a lot of people checked it out. So, uh, as a matter of fact, the guy saw me leaving the track on on Saturday, um, and his name has slipped my mind. But um, he said, "Hey, you know, he, he really enjoyed the uh, the poll." So that's cool. So there. So there. So they're NTRA and Breeders' Cup. We got our own pool. We got our own pool. We got our own. We got our own rankings. We can rank. <laughs> we got our own stinking rankings. <laughs> there was a lot of stakes today, but I'll be I'll be frank. I didn't really care about any of them. No. I'll look at the results later. But... Yeah. The. Um... Yeah, Monday. I knew what was going to happen. If I started looking at them, I'd get sucked in, and I, and it'd be dark day. Nonsense. And... Right. I'm 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 trying to limit my losing to to Wednesday through Sunday. <laughs> I have to admit, I, I was not a. I did not play much yesterday. It was kind of funny yesterday in the. Uh, not funny, but. Yeah, that's funny. The, the second race when. Chris Clement, both his horses broke through the gate early. It's like, man, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen. I don't think I've first. ever seen a, a, a trainer have two horses break through the gate at the same time. 
But they loaded them back in. And they <laughs> and that was the case of why herding. Why why do jockeys herd? Race number two yesterday at Saratoga. Watch the race. Watch I read on the leader, um, the seven horse, and watch Eric Kensel on the two horse, who probably was best in there. Uh, at least you should you could say he probably was best after the seven broke through the gate and was reloaded. But twice I read intimidates Kensel. Not because he actually did anything wrong today, but because the fear factor exists knowing that he will cut you off. And that's that's the problem. That's one of the issues that uh, we wind up harping about hurting because that's the unfair advantage that they get. Not just the race that they do the hurting in, but the intimidation factor that they might come over on you and put you in a bad position and the jockeys clearly aren't willing to regulate that amongst themselves clearly they're not willing to do that so it's incumbent upon the stewards too but uh it just uh it's just such a racing thing right <laughs> we have three stewards and one gets to be the dictator and, and, and who does he work for the state Oh, by the way, the uh, the people involved in the Phantom Stewards decision a couple weeks ago in Maryland. Oh, uh, and Laurel. Yes, they are appealing. They are definitely proceeding with the appeal. So um, that was still that was the there, worst I've ever seen. It really was. It really was. Nothing happened. <laughs> What did he do? Well, uh, nothing. But yeah, they're they're gonna they're gonna. I mean, I I don't know what chance they have. I'm not all that familiar with the the Maryland uh, protocols because uh, you know I never really raced much there. But but they deserve to to get that win because it doesn't help the betters. I I know I get it, but but uh, justice is justice and. Their horse won the race, and he was the best horse in that race, and didn't do anything wrong. Just the way, uh, you know, they, they should they should fix it, but they won't. So, so there. I can't believe there's only eleven more days left of Saratoga. I know. Tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night, I will be. Um, I'll be attending the TRF barbecue. Okay. My dad likes to go. What's the what's the the chance that it's going to be better than the the raceways barbecue? Zero. Zero. But unless it's dad, the same people. It's, it's okay. for a good cause. I mean was, it, it is for a good cause. So yeah, my dad likes to go. He he and my mom have donated quite a bit of artwork to them over the years that they've uh uh, they've, you know, sold for the benefit of the tired horses. So it'll be it'll be fun, I guess. Yeah. So get all this this time in, and you know, while the weather's still nice, 
It's going to turn on you. Yeah, they lied about the weather today. It was 80% chance of rain. The 20% won out. It really didn't get a drop of rain. So yeah, it was... uh, Tomorrow, I don't think we're going to get away with it. But um, I guess the rails will be maybe up the rest of this week until Saturday on the, uh, on the outer hmm. course. I mean, the jumpers run on the outside pretty much. So tomorrow, because Wednesday's first is the jumping race, but you know the the, to- the courses are getting a little bit chopped up because they run so much on them. So I mean, it's just natural at this time that when you haven't had hardly any races taken off. But um, I th- I think it's still in pretty good shape, so shouldn't be an issue. That's good. Anyways, that's that, and uh, <laughs> I don't think we're gonna do any previews for the Travers. I just don't think uh, I don't think the cards. I mean, what are we gonna talk about? Jackie's warrior. Oh yeah, he's gonna win. Right. Um, yeah. No, I'm with you. Yeah. So. So you're on your own. We can hit us up on Twitter. Of course, always. You hit us up on Twitter, or you can hit us up on, you know, Facebook. Though it's a little dicey over there. <laughs> or you, know, you can uh, send a private message, or or you can email going in circles podcast at gmail dot com. Wherever we are always available, and we appreciate talking to everybody. And honestly. One of the things that's been enjoyable this meet at Saratoga has been seeing so many putting Twitter handles to people's <laughs> faces. Though I'm sorry, and and like I, I say this embarrassingly, but most people I've already forgotten your names, but I can remember your Twitter handle much better than I can remember your name. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm I'm not bad with names. I mean, I'm names. I just am. I can remember like the pedigrees of horses that ran in 1982, but I can't remember someone's <laughs> name that I met three days ago. So <laughs> don't don't ask me like one of the questions in trivia: How much did Wild Again's connections pay to supplement them to the 1984 Classic? Uh, Three hundred sixty thousand. <laughs> like I knew that immediately. <laughs> I know stupid shit like that, but I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember where I put my keys any day. I have to put everything in the same place or I lose it. And it's not old age because that that's always kind of been, you know, right. a, a, right. an issue. At house keys, I had like five sets of them. I left one at the barn, one in the car, one in the other car, one in the truck. Moving too fast. Yeah. One on the side of the garage. Because you never know. So, anyways, uh, it's been uh, fun, uh, as usual. But, no, it was really cool. A lot of, I mean, when you were here, we met a, a ton of people. And, um, I mean, really, a day never goes by where uh, at the track where I, I don't see or meet someone that I, someone new or someone that I hadn't seen in a long time, which is, uh, you know, the social aspect of racing is, is really one of the great parts of it. And, you know, we 
we all love racing except for the people who put you know feel the need to put down oh oh so and so died the other day yeah great but uh, yeah keep on keep on coming and showing up and saying hi and uh, and we'll keep uh, we'll, we'll meet keep, you all we'll, 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 we'll keep waving back right exactly <laughs> all right well Barry my friend. We'll uh, we'll talk later, and uh, like Barry said, reach out. We're we're available twenty four hours a day, almost literally twenty four almost hours. <laughs> almost. <laughs> <laughs> Barry, Barry will send me stuff like three three twelve in the morning. <laughs> uh, sleep? Who needs that? Nah. Sleep when I'm dead. Yeah, sleep when I'm dead. Yeah, that's which might be. Which might Soon be better than later. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Well, thanks everyone for listening, and uh, we'll 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 see you next week. Pleasant Acre Farms is a full-service breeding operation located in Morriston, Florida, just outside of Ocala. If you want to get involved in the breeding business in the Sunshine State, or you're already involved, Pleasant Acre Farms is really the only place you need to know. Joe and Helen Barbazon, who are just great people, do a fantastic job taking care of your mare. Uh, they have a solid roster of 13 stallions with a really diverse group of pedigrees. Your mare will find a match at Pleasant Acre Farms. Currently, the star of Pleasant Acre Farms stallion roster is Neolithic, who is by far a runaway winner of the freshman stallion of the year here in the state of Florida. His son, Make It Big, just made it three for three, winning the $400,000 Springboard Mile at Remington Park, earning 10 points towards the Kentucky Derby in the process. Pleasant Acre Farms is your one-stop shop for breeding in the state of Florida. Check them out at www.pleasantacrestallions.com or on Twitter at Stallions. You can also give them a call at 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Stallions, check them out. So Barry came up with an excellent idea. A Saratoga racing block to going in circles daily Saratoga racing block patterned sort of after the great Stephen Christ who when he worked for the racing form did a Saratoga daily block uh, Steve retired several years ago and we figured what the hell let's let's try to put our own together and so far it's gone seemingly well if you haven't seen it check it out at going in circles digest dot substack dot com or we put the link up every day on Twitter on Facebook on uh, all sorts of social media uh, check it out